0: Hello, and welcome to Show & Tell, the podcast series from the RPG Academy, where we bring on a guest and we talk about something cool. Today's guest is Tanner J. Clausen, and today's something cool is the actual play podcast he runs called Shadow of the Cabal, which is an L5R actual play podcast. Tanner, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So my first question is, as a kid, were you called Tanta Clausen or Tanner Claus?
1: My online moniker, which is Claus, started because of a joke that somebody made in about probably fifth or sixth grade, right when I was like, I need an AOL screen name. So gotcha. that's, that's the, you know, when you're that age, you're looking for an identity. And if someone gives you one, you better go with it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's one of those things where you, know, you can't give yourself a nickname. It just right. doesn't feel right. If someone else gives it to you, then you're good to go. Definitely. Awesome. So, Tanner, a um, couple things. The, the biggest reason, actually, why we wanted to talk about your show today, we wanted to kind of expose it to uh, a larger audience and get people hopefully come over and listening, is uh, you've actually very recently joined a network, I understand.
1: I have. It's. I'm pretty pumped about it. Um, I don't want to name names, but they seem like pretty cool people. I'm joining the RPG <laughs> Academy Network. I couldn't go on with it too long. No, I'm 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 super thrilled to, to be involved with it, and it's one of those things where I never, like I always, for years and years, I've been listening to AP podcasts and things like that, and I never thought I would be able to have the chance to sort of mingle with like-minded individuals in, uh, in a way like that, so I am super thrilled to be on
0: and we are super pumped to have you. Uh, If anyone is just listening for the first time, which this would be a weird episode to start with, (laughs) the RPG Academy is the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. Uh, Network probably isn't the right word, but that's the one we use. Basically, we're an affiliation of like-minded shows that uh, fall into some categories that we agree with and we want to promote and shadow of the cabal definitely hits that they have excellent audio they have excellent role playing and they have excellent storytelling well thank you very much we were happy to have you in uh into the network and we want more people to listen so we want to talk a little bit about what your show is so i'll start with you first and then we'll get to the show second but what is your history with role playing games when did you get started how long you've been playing favorite systems just kind of give us the uh, bona fides of your rpg career
1: Sure. So I think I started probably going on 15 years ago at this point. Uh, I went over to my buddy's place and his dad was super into D&D. His dad had his own nerd cave where he had a table with a grid and he had a whole cabinet of miniatures. And so I would go over to his place and be like, what, like, what is this? And like previous to that, I, the only sort of experience I had with role-playing games was looking at old, um, pictures of scantily clad women in old monster manuals from friends' older brothers and things like that. But once we sort of got in, involved in that, my buddy said, hey, uh, I can run something for you. Here's uh, some character sheets. What are we playing? And I said, okay, what are we playing? He says, this is D&D 3.5. So I am a 3.5 baby. And I started on that. I played that for a good Five years or so. I, I think that a lot of people do that when they start playing RPGs. They kind of find what works for them and then they don't take the initiative to necessarily branch out into other systems. Following that, I did fourth edition. Um, I kind of bounced off of that. In retrospect, I kind of like it, but at the time it wasn't for me. And then I just started playing a little bit of everything else. A buddy of mine um, introduced me to stuff that I normally wouldn't have played, stuff like. Really weird role playing games like Bliss Stage, and then eventually things like Fate and things like that, where it totally sort of realigned what I considered you could do with a role playing game. And then he said, "Here, I want to sit down and play this game of Legend of the Five Rings." And he kind of pitched it as it's samurai, it's super deadly, and you know, like we were we were all fans of anime and Japanese culture and stuff like that, classic nerd stuff. So. I said why not and we uh we rolled up some characters and joined the game and I've been kind of hooked to L5R ever since. That's probably been maybe 5 years ago now, so I've been playing on and off since about then.
0: So it seems like you know you you've kind of fallen into the L5R rabbit hole, uh which people who've listened to our show for a while know Jim McClure and his love of L5R. We we did a crossover episode with one shot and we have a few episodes on our show that people can listen to. So what is it about L5R? I guess the question I'm trying to ask is, if you're gonna make a podcast, it makes a lot of sense to do something like D&D that everyone wants to listen to, or something that's a, a little bit hot right now, like Cypher System and Numenera. There's a lot of podcasts about that popping up. Um, you know, Not necessarily like niches, but just something where there's a very impassioned segment of the population who will probably you know go to your podcast for that reason. L5R has a a passionate audience, but it seems like it's small, and there hasn't been a lot of you know activity recently. So, long winded say, why L5R? If you're going to do a podcast, why did you choose that system?
1: So, wanting to do a podcast sort of evolved from a desire to sort of document my games in a way. Uh, I would get into conversations with my buddies of like, hey, remember when this moment happened in this game? And I would, and they laugh about it, and I'm like. I was there, but I don't remember that at all. And it, and it made me kind of sad to like like not remember some of those good memories and things like that. So I experimented with uh, a, an older game of D&D 5th edition that I ran. I DM'd a whole campaign and I started logging my sessions and doing write-ups so I could look back on the fond memories afterwards. And then once um, I sort of jumped into L5R, I said, you know what? One of the things I really enjoyed about Your guys' run of uh, Legend of the Five Rings is that it's really a deeply serious and dramatic system, and there's not a lot of that out there in the podcast world. I think that there are people who, I think the easy thing to do is to sort of tint your games to be comedic when you're releasing them for podcast form. I don't think that me and my friends would be funny to anybody else. Like, we have fun and laugh while we play, but I don't know if there's necessarily an appeal to that. And I think that uh, the setting for L5R, Rokugan, everything like that is really inherently designed to thrust people and characters into high drama and situations where bad things will happen. And the whole world is kind of designed as a set of dominoes to spectacularly fall down and create awesome stories from that. And there weren't any active L5R podcasts out there. There were a handful that I listened to uh, previous runs from other podcasts. Some I liked, some I didn't. And none of them were kind of doing what I thought that I... None of them were doing what L5R was in my mind. Every, you know, everybody plays games differently and what a setting means to one person or another. Like for Star Wars, like your Star Wars and my Star Wars are probably two different universes. So I just wanted to get my version out there and get people listening and create some cool dramatic scenes and role-playing.
0: All right. Very cool. Now, when uh, the new edition comes out from Fantasy Flight Games, do you guys anticipate switching or are you going to stay pure to the current edition?
1: Yeah, I know it's kind of up in the air from everything that I've read and I have done a lot of L5R forum and community scouring (laughs) in the last couple months. And from everything that I can see and read, there's no solid plans for a new edition of the role-playing game. I think they're going to see how the LCG takes off, and if it's popular, they're going to go for it, because let's face it, role-playing games are very hard to write and develop and not super cost-efficient for companies to do. I think were they to release a new role-playing game, I think we would close out Shadow of the Cabal with the current system. But then after that, after our story is done, yeah, I think I'd be more than excited to hop onto the new new game, new system and see what 21st century game design has to offer.
0: All right. So uh, we've, we've talked about you, but uh, there are other people that are part of the podcast. They're not with us today, uh, but who are the players that you have within your podcast game?
1: Yeah, I'm really lucky that it, with my players, I have a wide variety of people with experience with role-playing games and specifically with L5R. One of my players, Ryan, he plays Isawa Michio on, in the game. He has played L5R a couple campaigns. He's a role player. He's a little bit older than I am and he's been playing his whole life. So he's pretty experienced and he's there as kind of the, the co-GM sometimes to help other the other players along sort of off mic and guide them to you know, what's expected of the world and the story and things like that. Uh, Another player Dakota he plays Kitsuki Shiro he has played a lot of role-playing games I think he's mainly played a lot of D&D 3.5 Pathfinder things like that but this game that we're running for him is the only the second time he's played Legend of the Five Rings and I think that he really approaches it from a sort of not only from a really good character design standpoint and like role-playing but sort of a character builder optimization type which I think is a nice sort of point of view to have on podcasts sometimes because a lot of people seem very focused on the story and Dakota is totally focused on the story and and role-playing his character, but he also really derives satisfaction from sort of the, he's our, he's our captain crunch (laughs) for lack of a better term. (laughs) Um, And then Justin, he is the newest player. I think he only started playing role-playing games a couple years ago. And unlike most people's Experiences with role playing games, where they start with something like D D or Star Wars. His first role playing game, I believe, was Monster Hearts. So he comes at it totally fresh from a sort of Powered by the Apocalypse standpoint, and he's really—I applaud that he's really willing to make non-optimal character choices <laughs> and decisions that lead to a good story, which I think those games do a really good job of teaching you.
0: So, how, so how did you collect these players? Were they already part of your home group?
1: No, uh we have never met in person before. <laughs> this is I don't know if this is too behind the the wizard screen here, but uh we play on Roll20. We play completely over Skype and uh voice chat online. I had some experience with L5R before and once you guys released your episodes in the one-shot uh podcast released their episodes of Legend of the Five Rings. I had experience with L5R. I had been itching to play some, so I posted on the one-shot subreddit and I said, "Hey, I know there's a lot of fans out there. I'll I'd be willing to run a one-shot game for you." So we had five or six people show up for that one-shot game. I ran them through, and then three of them, Dakota, Justin, and Ryan, all had schedules that worked out for us sticking around and continuing to play. So we got together and we played a full campaign. I think it was eight or nine sessions of Legend of the Five Rings. Had a beginning, middle, and end. And we were pretty satisfied by that. Uh, After that, we knew we wanted to play more L5R. We contemplated doing like a homebrew game of like a homebrew clan and things like that. Uh, But eventually we decided to want to record something. So I got in touch with Jim McClure, who was the GM for your guys' games. And he was really... Nice and kind enough to hop on Skype with me and give me some pointers, how to run a podcast, how to run L5R for a podcast specifically, because if anybody's an expert in that, it's him. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was really nice of him. He kind of stepped up and helped us out, helped us get set up, and uh, we've been recording Shadow of the Cabal ever since.
0: So, that actually, my next question was going to be that anyway, but one of the things that when our network looks at new shows, we focus on a lot of things. But really, if audio quality isn't there, it, it almost doesn't matter everything else because that's just such a huge point for us that you have to be able to, to hear what's going on before you can appreciate anything else. And you guys have really solid audio quality, and you started that way. So, uh, I'm, so it makes sense now that Jim gave you some advice, but for anyone who's listening who may be thinking about starting their own podcast – what What is your setup? How do you do that? How did you get good audio to start with? Because to be, I'll be frank, a lot of new podcasts, myself included, struggle and we had to build to a quality. You guys kind of started there.
1: Right. I think it's sort of the cliche with the podcast, with any podcast of saying like, oh, don't worry, our audio quality will get better and better. And it's true because people figure out what works, what doesn't as they go on. I think a lot of our audio quality points come from the fact that I'm a really aggressive editor. If there's anything that's off topic or coughing or sneezing or even a scene that doesn't serve the story, doesn't move the game forward, I cut it. Uh, I recently read Stephen King's book on writing and he has a really good chapter in there about how to sort of self-edit in writing. And I sort of took a lot of those lessons to heart of like, you know, when you're looking at your audio file, listen through it. And if Nothing in the past five seconds does anything for your story. Cut it. Like, there's so many podcasts out there. There's so many actual play podcasts out there. I never wanted to feel like we were wasting somebody's time by them listening to us. And if they're going to sit down for a 45 minutes to an hour of our show, I want to make sure that they get the most bang for their buck. There's not a lot of filler content. And yeah, we were luckily we're lucky enough to all have pretty good microphone setups and we're pretty good at noise discipline and things like that but a lot of it just comes down to the editing and whether you're willing to sort of put in the hours to to make that work uh there's an awesome awesome tool called levelator which i discovered about halfway through our run of podcasts which does all of the work for you in balancing audio and volume between people's different microphones leveling out the loud parts bringing up the quiet parts and Since then, it's really become sort of a a routine, and it's something that's very, very achievable if you just take the time and sit down and practice. I know before we started recording Shadow of the Cabal, we recorded basically a one-shot of L5R, not for release, but just so that I knew how to edit before episode one came around and I had to suddenly be put on the pedestal.
0: Yeah, that was going to be my next question is, did you record any test audio test sessions beforehand? Sounds like you did. And I think that's one of the biggest things that had I to do it over again, and it's the advice I give to people is you probably shouldn't put out your first record, you know, recording. Maybe you're the, you know, you're the exception. But for most of us, you're going to learn so much through that first one. Um, and again, I I don't think they'll mind me saying like the Redemption podcast, who've been part of our network for a while, they famously started a podcast with one blue Yeti in the middle of the table and it was so bad. They had to redo uh, like they turned the first episode one into like an interview scene from like a heist movie, which actually worked really well because that audio was garbage. And I think a lot of people, again, I did that too, where we just recorded it, put it out and then worked to get better. And I think it makes so much more sense to record something figure it out before you start releasing stuff. So kudos to you on that. Uh, I'll give a little shout out to Stephen King as well. Like he needs our support, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I've read
1: dozens. If you ever want to join the network, Stephen King, let us know. Yes,
0: absolutely. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get you stuck on a podcast because I would listen to that forever. Um, but I, uh, I've i read dozens, if not hundreds, of books on writing. Uh, you know, again, it's if you listen for a while, you know there's a joke that I wanted to be a writer. I want to be a writer. And by far, hands down, not even close, on Writing is the single best book I've ever read about the craft of writing. So anyone else out there, from any sort of storytelling uh, standpoint, definitely pick up that book. It is an amazing read, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a Stephen King fan, so that helps. I know some people just aren't, but I think anyone could get something from that. Definitely. All right, so we know about you. We know a little bit about how the game got put together. We know why you chose L5R, at least at least to a, to a point. So, so I guess let's circle back around to that. I know from my experience with L5R as limited as it is, but knowing Jim fairly well, that one of the draws to L5R is the setting of Rokugan, that it is a very fleshed out world. And it sort of turns some of the typical adventuring tropes on its ears because you're not adventuring for things. You know, it's, there is no such thing as murder hoboing because it doesn't make sense because you're a samurai. If you want something, someone will bring it to you. Mm -hmm. But then you have things where you can't touch dead people. You know, and how many games does it involve, you know, going out hacking goblins to pieces and throwing goblins at other goblins and building a wall of goblins? And, you know, so you're not adventuring for money. You have these weird restrictions about what you can and can't do. So is that why you like this game? Is it, is it right for telling a truly dramatic story?
1: I think that the setting of Legend of the Five Rings, which is called Rokugan in the world, is both the best and worst thing about the game. It is... I think as a GM it really makes me go out of my way to have to tell an interesting story and it makes me work for it like like you said like you're not going usually in Legend of the Five Rings games you're not going into dungeons to get items like that that is what the core loop of Dungeons and Dragons about but for Legend of the Five Rings like you said if you want something tell a servant and they'll bring it to you so the it kind of shifts the onus of the story off of that and it gets you really into sort of the interpersonal dramas and Everything, like I was sort of alluding to earlier, everything in the world is designed to create conflicts and make conflicts happen. You have these tenets of Bushido that your characters are supposed to adhere to, but what if suddenly you have to choose between honesty and duty? You're supposed to revere them both, but what if there's a situation where you can't? Now that's a cool story because it gets down to what your character believes as to be more important. Other things similar in the system are you get to play around with things like loyalty. So say your Lord tells you to do something, but you know, it's in the opposite interest of your family or yourself. Like that's a great sort of sense of personal drama. And another thing about the setting is that if you challenge someone to a duel over something, whoever is the victor of that duel rewrites reality to have their thoughts be correct. So if I say, hey, I saw you hurt somebody, and you say, no, I didn't, and we duel about it. If you win, in the eyes of the law and society, you were right, because, of course, the spirits have guided your sword, and they've allowed you to win, so they wouldn't guide someone who is a liar, would they? So it's all these different systems and rules and very, very sort of alien thoughts and things that go against sort of modern morality that get you into situations where conflicts and drama will happen and that's one of my favorite things about
0: the world completely off topic but that reminds me as a as a as a kid when I would play basketball like pick up games with my friends you know if someone said that was a foul we would let the ball call it because we didn't have a referee. So if someone said, no, you fouled me, we'd let them throw a free throw. And if it hit, then obviously they were fouled. And if it <laughs> didn't, they weren't. And that's just, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I, one of the things, and we've talked about this a lot on our show, and it is, it is absolutely true as much as anything is true, that in a typical D&D game, and again, anyone listening, I love D&D. It is my favorite game, but I love it enough that I can pull out some of the problems with it and some of the issues mm-hmm. and still love it. But if you put a PC or a group of PCs in like a room with, say, an emperor or a king or a queen, and that person is being a jerk to the PCs, one of the PCs is going to shoot them in the face. Right. Like They're going to be, screwed. I don't care about the king. They're going to put out the crossbow and they're going to shoot the king and they're just going to get into a fight and think that they can win. You're not going to do that in L5R. At least you're not going to do it more than once.
1: Right, and everything in the world is sort of set up to reinforce that caste system and, and make sure that you act the way the world wants you to think. I think for people who have just played D&D and don't really have much experience with the system, it's a world that's set up where everybody is trying to be a lawful good paladin. That's the best way, I think, of sort of putting it in D&D terms where, you know, there's wiggle room, there are characters who are out for their own gains, but everyone is lawful. Everyone is working at least openly working in that code of conduct that bushido that caste system to try to get their ends met and though it's one of those things where as an artist and i do consider gms and players of tabletop games to be artists in a certain way restrictions breed creativity like if you know your lord is doing something immoral but his word will outweigh yours because you're higher status you can't suddenly just you know tell him and challenge him cuz he'll put you down you have to you have to work and you have to go around his back and do other things while still trying to subsist to that code of honor to to get what you want and get your ends met and it's it just leads to really creative thinking in a way that's different than a lot of role playing games that I've played
0: uh we touched on this a long long time ago in the the episode but I wanted to circle back to it is the idea of running a dramatic actual play versus a comedic I think that comedy is easier than drama, but I think good comedy is harder than drama. The issue is that you can get a cheap laugh. I mean, obviously you watch TV. There's a lot of cheap laughs on TV, but again, I laugh at them. I'm not, I'm not degrading them. I love three, mm-hmm. stooges, three stooges. To this day, I will just chuckle and guffaw out loud. If I watch an episode, as long as it doesn't have shimp in it, because f- ship. Yeah. Uh, I agreed. But I think that most of the issues that you have is when you're trying to be dramatic you're more likely to be self-conscious, and so then almost like as a uh, defense mechanism, you'll make a joke out of it because you would rather laugh at yourself than have other people laugh at you. So unless you're trained or you're in what a truly safe space where you feel comfortable, I think it's harder to try to play dramatic seriously. And then even if you do it, it doesn't always land. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's easier to start with do something comedic because if I'm laughing you're probably going to be laughing a little bit, you know, even if it wasn't a great joke, if I'm laughing about it, some people won't. But for the most part, again, I think it's easier to be funny than serious, but I think it's harder to be really funny. And I give like one shot credit. You know, they truly are gifted performers. They can get laughs in ways that I would never be able to get to, but I can tell a funny story and get people to chuckle around my table, that kind of thing.
1: Right. I I totally agree. And I think what you said about sort of people trying to laugh or crack jokes, um, Jim McClure actually he gave me a great piece of advice too and he says if you're in a tent scene and people start cracking and making jokes you're doing your job right like it's just natural for people to want to break and ease tension and that self-consciousness by cracking a joke or you know making a goof but you know as long as I edit those out and we get right back into the scene it usually doesn't have a detrimental impact to the story I'm trying to tell. It's it's hard. It's hard to play in in dramatic scenes and to have high stakes and take them seriously sometimes, but the more that you can do that and the more that you can make that work is, like I said, I think that I, I would sort of agree that bad comedy is easier to do, but I wouldn't necessarily call us high drama or anything like <laughs> that. It's basically, we're running a samurai soap opera, that's what it is, but it's... Comedy is definitely way more accessible, and I think that there's plenty of comedy out there. So we just decided to do something dramatic, something that would sort of scratch our itches.
0: I, I think, too, um, and part of this is in top of mind because I'm going to be doing a panel on, on intro to podcasting at Gen Con. So I've started to kind of gather my thoughts uh, on what I want to say and kind of construct them. And for me, I think one of the things that you need to decide is why are you doing your podcast? Um, what is the purpose, what is the goal. For some people, they just want to share what happens at their table. And, you know, they, st- they should still do editing, mm-hmm. but it's more editing to make it sound good. Like you said, leveling, you know, cutting out the sn- coughs and sneezes, maybe a bathroom break, that kind of thing. But they really shouldn't edit out the goof-offs, the, you know, the things that, that happen at their table if that's what they're trying to portray is, hey, here's my game you're just kind of like, you know, a voyeur into our our game sessions. What you're trying to do is tell a story. And then that's where you need to do content editing. Scenes can get cut. Lines can get cut. You know, things that don't progress the story don't need to be in there. And that's a very different, you know, set of guidelines that you're living by. I think they're all valid. But when people are coming to a show, some people want to just listen into a game and some people want to hear a story and that is clearly what you're trying to do. So one thing I want to ask is, how much editing do you do? Like on an, uh, so say you have an hour episode, how long does that take you to edit?
1: I have a part-time job right now, so I'm blessed with enough time to be able to edit heavily. I would say that, for after a session, I spend a four-hour session. Say, for example, I spend about six to eight hours of editing on and off. You know, not necessarily nose to the grind wheel, but it takes me usually a day or two of of half a day's work. You know, to to get through a session. We start out with a fo- an audio file that's between three and a half and four and a half hours long. And we almost always get down to two episodes, two one-hour episodes from that. So it, that can sort of just give you, you know, we're we're cutting out about 50% of what's going on. Whether that's pauses, bathroom breaks, coughing, sneezing, clarifying questions. What was this guy's name again? Oh, I pronounced that word wrong. Let's go back and re-record it. So it is a, it is a lot of work. And I think that our show is better for it. Uh, And I do agree with what you're saying that you do have to go into a podcast knowing what you want to do. You know, you have to at least have a thesis statement as to why you're doing what you're doing. Like you said, if you just want to sit around and have people have the experience of sort of being a voyeur at your table, that's totally fine. What I want to do is I want to have to create something that could almost serve as an audio drama at the end of the day. You know, you could put that on your car in your car and drive around and listen to a good story by the end of it
0: right and again both are completely valid but they're just some people want different things and totally agree and for me as, a, as you know just as a consumer i'm not interested in listening to people play a game anymore I've, I've done it myself enough i edit my own podcast i'm listening to it twice and i've listened to about enough podcasts that when i turn tune into one i want to hear the story The only exception would be if it's a system I'm trying to listen to because I want to learn that system. Mm -hmm. Then I want to find one that is more, here's how the rules work. But that's still different than, here's five minutes of tangent when we start talking about the the Holy Grail. Because everyone's group at some point talks about the Holy Grail. Right. (laughs) But I don't need to hear that anymore. I just want to hear, okay how does the monsters work in cypher system or how do fate points work in fate? You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So again, anyone listening, who's thinking about doing their own podcast, you you have some choices to make and any choice is valid, but you, it needs to be a choice that you're deciding to make as you move into your podcast.
1: I totally agree. It has to be at, at least at some point, a conscious decision of why you're doing what you're doing and, a lot of like you said sometimes you want to listen to the rules but a lot of podcasts sort of get stuck in the weeds about it Um, our philosophy is that we're not trying to teach anybody how to play L 5r we're not a replacement for a rule book usually if rules happen we'll explain them the first time they come up but after that i will cut any rules questions or things like that because you know what if you want to listen to it you can go back i just don't want to waste the time of people who want to get the story
0: all right, so looking over at your iTunes page, you guys currently have 21 episodes that are out. You release sort of weekly, it seems like, but not always.
1: We release every Friday at noon. I think we had to take about three weeks off, or we took about a month off one time because of just everyone had a real-life issue one weekend back to back to back to back. So we're building up a good backlog now. We don't anticipate on missing any weeks anytime soon, and we usually know... about a month ahead of time if we're going to have to to skip a week or something like that. But yeah, we've been sticking to a pretty solid schedule.
0: So for anyone who is interested in listening, which hopefully some people are, without getting into spoilers, what is your podcast about? Like what is the story that we're going to be listening to?
1: The story that you're going to be listening to with Shadow of the Cabal is essentially a drama slash spy thriller that happens to be set in a samurai world so for the people who don't know anything about legend of the five rings the best way to think about it is sort of game of thrones but with samurai clans that's the easiest parallel to go with Uh, and within that society and that caste structure there are elements that actively seek to undermine it and work against it from a philosophical point of view and are diametrically opposed to the celestial order as it stands in rokugan and my story sort of involves tackling those questions head-on and dealing with those enemies ferreting out following clues uh, and sort of turning into more investigation thriller type game but in the context of sort of a metaphysical conflict
0: so if someone wanted to check out the shadow of the cabal do you suggest they start with episode one or is there like a recap of the road so far situation like further in
1: um I think episode 1 is a good starting point like like I was saying earlier there is a bit of every podcast gets better at audio as they go on ours was never atrocious to start with but it is a little bit quieter but I think that to really get the full story and get propelled into the characters and things like that starting from the first episode is good we also have what we call an episode 0 where we I take Minutes aside and explain the world and everything that you need to know about Rokugan to listen to the game if you've never heard of Legend of the Five Rings before. If that's something that interests you, I fully suggest sitting down, listening to that 10 minute sort of primer episode. If you've played L5R, if you don't care and you just want to get right into the story, it's completely skippable. You can just sort of launch into episode one and get going from there.
0: And then, uh, long term, what do we like? What do you foresee this? campaign arc running to again I don't want to get spoilers on this on the story but you're 21 episodes in Mm -hmm. Uh, is this a forever campaign do you have an ending in mind
1: we don't have this planned to be a ongoing forever campaign Uh, when I sat down and I sort of designed the mystery I know who the key players are from the start I know who the big bads are even if the players don't yet and I do have an end point in mind I would say as of this recording We are very roughly somewhere between a quarter and a third of the way through the story that I want to tell. And I think that there will be an end to Shadow of the Cabal someday because I think we we had talked about this earlier. We both hate when campaigns just kind of peter out, you know, like I would much rather have a short finished campaign than a long one that just kind of spins out and goes nowhere.
0: Me too yeah
1: yeah it's and it's so rare that you get endings in role-playing games and especially tabletop role-playing games so i just want to make sure that we have a story our goal was to have a beginning middle and end and that's what we plan on sticking to not to say that there won't be more afterwards a new game a new campaign but for now we do have our sights set on an ending in mind for the game
0: very very cool so anything that we didn't talk about that you think would be valuable or maybe encourage someone that's on the fence, like whether I should start a new AP or not, like uh, what's the elevator pitch to get someone to come listen to right now?
1: I think that, like we were talking about earlier, good dramatic role-playing actual play podcasts are few and far between. Podcasts in Legend of the Five Rings are few and far between. And if you want a good story that has twists and turns and is a thriller, has high action heavy focus on role-playing, heavy editing, and just all around, everyone at the table is buying in to make this story happen. I think that listening to our show is definitely a good use of your time, and I think that there's not a lot else like us out there currently that at least I could ever find or listen to. So we got that going for us i guess
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right well there you go uh anyone listening please go take a look and listen to shadow of the cabal if you like it let us know uh leave some comments go obviously go to itunes leave some reviews uh reach out to these guys on twitter what is your twitter handle
1: our twitter handle is s-o-t-c pod on twitter so like shadow of the cabal pod
0: excellent and then email if somebody wants to drop you a line
1: You can just, uh, if you have any questions or comments, the easiest way to get them at us is to tweet us or we do a Reddit post every time. So if you want feedback on that, but if you want to send us a private email, it's also shadowofthecabal at gmail.com.
0: Excellent. Well, Tanner, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, Thank you for putting together this excellent podcast. Welcome to the network. And I look forward to working with you and the crew uh, more on some network projects in the future. Thanks so much. Well, I guess I'll well, mention you guys are coming to a Catacon. So, anyone who's coming to a Catacon that wants to get some L5R, we got that hooked up, right?
1: I will be running Legend of the Five Rings at a Catacon. At least one game, maybe two. We'll see. I think I'm going to be running the intro adventure that I actually got all these guys on board with me GMing to start with. So, look forward to that if you're at a Catacon.
0: Fantastic. And with that, we will see you next time.
2: You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media such as Facebook and Google Plus at the RPG Academy.
0: But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co host, The Caleb G, at The Caleb G. And you can
2: find my favorite co host, Michael, at The RPG Academy. Thanks for
0: listening, and as always, if you're having fun,